The Rock Johnson is chemistry. He's an entire AP chemistry lab, okay? Who does he need to be in the scene with? Ryan Reynolds? Doesn't matter. Channing Tatum? Doesn't matter. You can even bring back Joseph Gordon-Lovitz. Doesn't matter. Yo, what's up? This is Marcus Lindsay. Hey, it's Mia. And Yannick. And it's BJ. And you're listening to Better Movie Maybe. In this podcast, we review films based on their ideas, their concepts, and we decide if those ideas stuck the landing, if they were executed as well as they could have been. This is our season finale episode, the end of season three, what a ride it's been. Uh, So as the tradition, our season finale episode is a little bit different. The format is a debate show. Um, On this show, each one of the reviewers gets to debate each other. We have five categories, um, each category more outrageous than the last. Um, With these categories, each debater has to pick a movie, and they can only use movies from season three um, to answer the question. And so with this one, we are going back to you, the listener. Uh, You can vote for the winner of each category on Instagram. Uh, Make sure to, to vote. I think that's in the story. Is that when you post it? All right, so we'll have the survey questions up and you can vote on the polls. So with that, a couple of rules, just so you know how the show is gonna go. So there's gonna be five total categories. Each reviewer gets 60 seconds to state why they felt that their movie choice or their choice is correct or pitch their movie. And then from there, we'll open it up into a bit of a debate. Five categories, five debates. We'll see how it goes. Um, any questions before we get into it, guys? So, yeah, so we're going to hop right into it. Um, I'm excited. This is the first time all four of us have gotten to to get into this Royal Rumble together. I'm really excited about this one. So uh, let's hop into it. Let's do the first category. All right. So first category is pitch an alternate ending to one of the movies that we saw in season three. We're gonna start with Yannick and then work our way around. So Yannick, pitch an alternate ending to any of the movies we saw this season. I'm gonna pitch an alternate ending for Mother Android. So we see them struggle quite a bit and fairly successfully throughout the entire film. Even to the point where she's holding off a robot zombie horde with one arm. So the fact that uh, they get to the, the North Korean, was it North Korea or just Korea? The boat. The fact that they get to the boat and everything just falls apart. It's like, no, uh, just take the baby. So in my opinion, I feel like they should have just kept fighting. Just ramp it up. They're by the water. So either they she steals a boat they find a, a door to float on Titanic style, <laughs> but they need to get on the water somehow. And that water is their salvation. Um, maybe dude with, without legs um, drowns just like Rose or no, uh, not Rose, but um, Jack. 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 <laughs> they, can, they can do just that whole scene, the whole ending scene, except she has, she has the baby um, instead of the, the jewel, right? So, yeah, that is my alternate ending for Mother Android. All right, bet. Mia, pitch an alternate mm-hmm. ending. 
All right, so I think we all can agree that one of the best movies this season was Deepwater. Mm. Um, it had the sexual tension, the erotica, the frustration. <laughs> and that movie was rocking really well until the final scene when it just went off the rails with that hilarious bike car chase scene for no reason. So my pitch for a better ending is at that point when he's trying to hide the body and the journalist sees him, the journalist runs, escapes, and calls uh, Ben Affleck's wife, Ana de Armas, and is like, hey, I have proof that your husband did it. And she's like, okay, come to the house. I want to talk to you about it. And they're like, we're going to go to the police together. Ben Affleck, riding his bike, takes a couple hours to get home. He gets home, sees that the police are there. But plot twist, they're willing out the journalist's body. And the wife's hysterical saying that we were just eating dinner. Um, I fed him some snails. Oh, and so her and Ben, Ben Affleck lock eyes because they both know that they killed somebody, but they're united in their love with that. Mm, bet. All right, Benjamin. All right, well, I think um, everyone is aware of the, the most difficult film uh, to fix uh, this season has to be Death in the Nile. Um, not only is it a, a national treasure, as far as um, um, literature, um, arts go, but um, it was an award-winning film in the 70s. So to fix this film for today's market, um, I have to go back to the midpoint. And so um, when the boat makes its way to um, King Ramsey's sarcophagus and there was an attempt on the life of um, Gal Gadot's character um, on top of the storm coming in, they basically, everyone gets locked in the sarcophagus. It's blocked in, no one can leave, no one can get out. And so of course what happens is the mummy is brought back to life. And as they're trying to deal with this supernatural element, people are dying left and right. Um, it is revealed when we get to the last couple of people that the mummy is killing those that are not pure of heart. So of course, when it comes down to it, uh, of course, only the detective is pure of heart because only the pure of heart can grow mustaches. And it turns out that everybody was trying to kill Gal Gadot because they could not uh, share in those cheeks. <laughs> wow, riveting stuff. Um... <laughs> All right, so the alternate ending I thought of, <laughs> why did I have to follow you? Um, <laughs> the alternate ending I thought of was for the Adam Project. Um, so in my ending, we get to the scene, we basically do the whole movie as is. Um, we get to the scene where they basically destroy a time machine. I really try not to remember this movie too much, but they shoot a bullet, it blows up this time machine and everything goes back to normal. But that's not how time machines work in sci-fi movies. You blow up a time machine, something rips, some dimension opens, some universe gets twisted. And so this movie, when they get to the end and all of the, the two atoms are playing with their dad, all of a sudden another portal opens up. Who walks out of it? It's Ryan Reynolds from Free Guy. And you're like, oh, what's happening? And he goes, I'm here to recruit you to the Ryan Reynolds initiative. Now we have this multiverse of madness with all the Ryan Reynolds characters. You have Deadpool show up. You have that Ryan Reynolds from Red Notice that's kind of just like another Ryan Reynolds, but now you're opening it up 
to the RCU, which is the Reynolds Cinematic Universe. And I think that's probably the, the best ending that could possibly happen. So nobody's really messing with the <laughs> the Reynolds Cinematic Universe, but let's let's open it up. We got <laughs> let's hop into it. Uh, we can kind of start Yannick and work our way around. So I'll just start with the uh, the Ryan Reynolds um, multiverse. Like the only issue with that is um Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> so if you want to have somebody who <laughs> so. Each character would be the same character, just with different clothes, I guess. <laughs> um, Ryan Reynolds talking to him to himself for I don't know uh, a series of movies. Yeah, it sounds insufferable. He's fine, you know, in doses, but um, like I wouldn't. Let's see, I wouldn't eat. 10 gallons of ice cream in one sitting mm. right i don't think anybody would so yeah wow. uh, i'm gonna have to pass on that ron reynolds um verse um as far as the um death on the nile um i think you were confusing the word sarcophagus and tomb <laughs> sarcophagus <laughs> is like the actual like box like a coffin i don't think he was like a fancy coffin <laughs> i think that's the point of the movie 30 people in one <laughs> sarcophagus. Uh, yeah um pure of heart that's that's a tough one too because i don't know who's to say that the detective is pure of heart and how do you determine that and why would the mummy care there's just like a lot of questions that I'm not really sure, um, you know, where we're going with it. But a uh, good attempt. Good effort. As far as um, uh, the deep water, that's actually a kind of good idea. Pretty good idea. The only thing that you're missing is that... Um, the fact that she fed one of his snails to the guy might not sit that well with him, you know? So now he's just, and he's, he's not going to kill her, but the, the only people there to kill are cops. So now he's going on a cop killing spree. Like that's just too much. We, we I mean, there could be an interesting sequel, but um, just to end the movie like that, I think would be, would be tough. So yeah, I mean, I'm just going to double down. I think um, Mother Android is the perfect movie to, you know, to, to see that, that satisfying ending where they, they all start, they fight to survive. Go ahead, Mia. Okay, so um, I don't even have to touch Marcus's movie because I think what Yannick said encompassed it. Like, too many Ryan Reynolds in the movie, it implodes on itself. Not a good thing. Um, sarcophagus. <laughs> to, um, so it's it's so it's so out there that I'm like, huh, you know, maybe it could work. But when you start looking at how that would actually 
work crossing over like a serious movie into like supernatural mummy like is this like goosebumps where it's like that or is it scooby-doo where there's somebody who's like dr brant russell brant's character is actually the mummy like is it an actual mummy coming to life either way i don't know if that would actually work for the film and the pure heart thing also is kind of ridiculous and then for mother android um super unoriginal ending like you said you basically just stole the titanic floating on a thing come up do your own homework Yannick. so um and if that's that's the only thing that's going to fix the movie make it better is that last ending floating on a boat because there's a lot of things that happened in that movie that i think needed to be addressed before we just get them floating on a boat in the water like all that stuff with the emp that that's still bad with your ending that you suggested so i'm just going to throw out there real quick with mine um even if it did end with the killing spray of the cops like you have to admit that's that's kind of a cool ending that you'd like to see opening up for a sequel and i think her feeding the snails just feeds into another reason why he like has this really deep love hate for his wife like she just keeps doing stuff to push him closer and closer to the edge and so now he on top of sleeping with all the men you also fed a man my snails strike two stay tuned for the sequel for strike three Yeah, um, I think uh, a lot of things are very clear here. Um, the RCO, clearly not a better movie, maybe. Um, it's definitely not a better movie. Um, and then, yeah, Yannick, um, I'm glad you watched James Cameron. Um, I think everyone saw Titanic. That's why it's one of the largest films uh, to ever make it in the box office, be original. Um, yeah, Mia, I think you had a good attempt. Um, but attempt is what it was, I believe. Uh, just watching people eat snails to end a film, not when you start with titties at the beginning. So you can't start titty and snail. You can start snail and titty. Uh, I think that's just basic drawn truby anatomy of story um, or uh, you know the books about character arcs. You know, it's, it starts, you start somewhere and you go somewhere bigger. Um, which is the whole point with Death in the Nile, right? We are anticipating that um, there are going to be ne'er-do-wells who are trying to kill each other for petty reasons like money, um, fame, um, sex. Um, but when you take 30 characters and put them in a sarcophagus, <laughs> The argument of purity of heart, purity of purpose and mind. Um, you can even bring in religious themes of God, priesthood, um, the discussion of the issues in the Middle East. Um, everything is wrapped up in having consumerism, wealth, um, Egyptian mummies, Israeli actresses, and white men with mustaches. That is absolutely a better film so just thinking about bj's pitch and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna you know jump on the train with 30 people in the sarcophagus because it's been done we've done it to death in a sarcophagus <laughs> but bj pitched an alternate ending 
which was what if death on the Nile was the mummy that's a different movie we're not talking about that we're not let's pitch another movie we're just saying how do you end the movie he started halfway through the movie and said what if the whole movie did this that's no longer an ending (laughs) what if mummy no that just no that's not how it works that's just not how it works um mother android i think it was that's a very straightforward and safe ending it's one of those if i were to say that was the director's cut ending like you're like release the snyder cut oh it's just regular there's nothing new it's they get on a boat and they live where's where's the chaos where's the where's the leave your baby in the montage that's what we that's what we got and that's what the best ending was was let's see this baby be raised by us then by another family doing the exact same thing for some reason and that was the greatest ending you could possibly get to a movie as nuanced as mother android mother slash android if you will um mia's movie snails i you know um i think there's a lot going on in that movie before like the snails like the alter the ending itself was pretty good ben affleck on a bike fantastic i think the way it was was filmed you, you, you get the deep water uh, metaphor when he's in the water and then he, he's not in deep enough water so the body comes back up that's pretty you see how they they juxtapose i don't know if i use that word correctly but i'm going to use it they juxtapose the body in shallow water to deep water that's um that's art so that was that's already done now back to the reynolds cinematic universe the rcu if you will um this movie, I know Yannick was like, it's it's a different Ryan Reynolds and different. There's there's levels to Ryan Reynolds. Like this movie would contain Ryan Reynolds from Free Guy, which had all the all the character the the, the video game antics, the action, right? Then you get Ryan Reynolds from Buried. He's in a box somewhere. Like they have to look for him to release that guy. That's a whole different Ryan Reynolds, right? Then you get the Ryan Reynolds from Green Lantern. That's how Jordan. That's a whole nother character. He's wearing green. That's different um then you get finally um you know the ryan reynolds from red notice he obviously comes with the rock that's just what's going to happen right those people they travel together in these packs it's a, a blockbuster deal so you know i think the multiverse of madness kind of had the idea but when you put a star like ryan reynolds into it i think it takes it to another level right and that's what the rcu does at the end of remember how excited you were at the end of iron man when nick fury was like the Avengers Initiative. Imagine a Ryan Reynolds, anyone, pick anyone. Maybe it's Ryan Reynolds with an eye patch. And he comes up and he's like, the Ryan Reynolds Initiative. And then he makes a little, a little quirky jest. And then you're like, oh, yes, that's what you want. RCU, fantastic. Um, that's it. Mic drop. <laughs> I'm glad we're off to a great start. <laughs> Grasping at straws, you all are. Yes, we're here for it. wait for our fans, all 5,000 of them, to vote <laughs> me a supreme cinema king. <laughs> this man knows movies. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's move to the next category. Um, so this one we have... Oh, here we go. Which characters had the best chemistry? So we'll start this one with BJ. Wow, um, I'm sorry that I have to start this one for you guys uh, because I chose the obvious one. It's G.I. Joe Retaliation. And what characters have more chemistry than The Rock? 
with any other actor. Think about it. G.I. Joe Retaliation is the highest rated G.I. Joe film. And why is that? It's not because what's your face and who's it's. It's because of The Rock has the chemistry that can carry an entire franchise, multiple franchises, as Disney's found out. He brought the Jungle Cruise to life. There would be no better film than to see Dwayne The Rock Johnson in an army uh, uniform having chemistry (laughs) (laughs) with himself for hours. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is all of the character chemistry you need. And that's why they had to get rid of Channing Tatum because he was simply um, in the way of all the chemistry he was going to share with um, uh, the, the, uh, the, that one actress and then um, um, the comedian. He showed up later, um, which is fine because, again, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, he is chemistry. Hmm. Excellent. Uh, let's see. I guess I'm I'm next on this one. <laughs> All right. So for me, this one was this one to me was a pretty obvious choice. Uh, I went with the chemistry in the Batman. Um, I felt like there was excellent teamwork. Uh, there was definitely sexual tension, and I thought it carried it carried across the screen perfectly. And the the cast, the chemistry that I'm talking about is between the Batman and Jim, the mustache Gordon. Um, <laughs> the, just the sheer, the sheer camaraderie that they bring out together, every scene they're in, you're just like, wow, this is a buddy cop. This is a thriller. You're, you're just, you believe that these two could, you know, maybe go out and, and have a nice cup of coffee with each other afterwards, right? That's the kind of chemistry you want in a movie is you're like, I believe these two. And the whole time you're watching it as they're chasing the Riddler, you're kind of thinking in the back of your mind, will they? You know, (laughs) you're just like, but will they? And then there's times when he's like, hey, we don't do that. And he's like, that's your thing, man. And I'm just like, okay. (laughs) Okay, let's see where this goes, right? Um, And so they solve solve mysteries and crimes together. Every time they're on screen together, it's electric. Just the both of them operating at the height of their powers. Uh, I think, I think it puts other relationships to shame. Like you would think, Catwoman would stand out as being the the yin to Batman's yang, but it's definitely Jim the mustache. So, the Batman. All right, Mia, you're up. So my pick for best chemistry is two characters that were in the movie, The Butterfly Effect. So these two were together no matter what iteration of an alternate reality happened. And I'm talking about Kaylee and Tommy. See, so, so far we've heard about the chemistry of The Rock by himself, of the good cop, um, vigilante, buddy, chemistry with their chemistry we're getting dual brother and sister relationship but we're also sliding in some inappropriate romantic chemistry there as well and I don't think you're gonna see that 
in any other film. You definitely didn't see that in any other film this season. It's very complex, that layer of friends, siblings, lovers, it's all in there. They ride or die for each other no matter what. They've been bonded through trauma. And yeah, need I say more? Like, (laughs) (laughs) all right. My my pick for best chemistry was Ben Affleck and Ana de Armas. Um, I feel like this was an easy pick because of all the movies we watched, they're the only ones who I actually believed were like desperately passionate for each other. Him for the majority of the movie, her very much so at the very end. And yeah, I mean, I guess the main argument is that it was believable. This movie was probably the best acted film. Um, their, their dialogue with each other, even the nonverbal way they were around, around each other, it was just all demonstrative of perfect chemistry. BJ, you're up. Yeah, well, um, again, you guys make this very easy for me to stand out per usual. Um, Yeah, we already have the greatest mustache in Death of the Nile. And he also happened to be pure of heart. There is no way that a black man can be a police officer and be pure of heart with a mustache. Period. That's racist. Um, Butterfly Effect, Kaylee and Tommy, Um, I guess uh, if you come from a world where um, child pornography is okay, sure, but that is not chemistry to me. Um, Ben and uh, Anna, I mean, I don't even know if they've shared the same screen together um, at all in the film. Um, They mostly were Anna was, um, as a wife, she personified um, being disloyal and unhappy in a marriage. Uh, Whereas Ben, um, he just looked at the screen sadly, the entire film, no chemistry. The Rock Johnson is chemistry. He is an entire AP chemistry lab, okay? Who does he need to be in the scene with? Ryan Reynolds, doesn't matter. Channing Tatum, doesn't matter. You can even bring back Joseph Gordon-Lovitz as the one bad guy in the other film. The Rock Johnson makes sure that chemistry happens. So um, I don't think saying the word chemistry gives your character more chemistry. <laughs> like the amount of times you said chemistry <laughs> didn't pump it up. It didn't pump up those numbers for me. Um, and I think just out the gate, it was a bad choice because, you know, you're like chemistry with yourself. I think you're disqualified at that point. You, you probably need at least one other person to, to bounce that chemistry off of. Uh, and then the fact that you couldn't remember a single soul as far as yeah, he had chemistry with that guy and that comedian and the lady, Brenda. Um, 
and Bruce Willis was in it. They had a, I don't even think they shared scenes together. But so I think with that one, it's like, hey, uh, how much chemistry can you have with a brick wall? You know, it's there. He's on set. And that's it. You act around him. Uh, then as far as, you know, Deepwater, uh, I think her chemistry was, was with everybody else. Um, and that was kind of the plot of the movie was that she was chemistrying. I'm going to use BJ's use of its liberal use of the word chemistry. She was chemistrying up on that pianist and chemistrying up on the little neighbor boy that thanked him in Affleck. Um, the two of them didn't really act against each other too much in the movie. There were usually she was talking over here. Ben Affleck spent a lot of time with Little Rel. That was kind of it. You know, maybe if you would have said Ben Affleck and, and Little Rel, I'd say, okay, yeah, there's some chemistry there. I, I see that. There's some there's some eye contact. Mia, I don't even want to touch yours. Um I don't think it's appropriate to uh to give uh that type of relationship any type of um any nod in any way. I just as soon as you said it, I was waiting for it to be over. I was like, her minute could not go by quicker. You know, just of all the things in the movie, you know, you picked the relationship we didn't want to see the chemistry. Um, it was probably the one aspect of Butterfly Effect that maybe we, we all kind of didn't want to think about. And you brought that to the forefront. Instead of the obvious chemistry, which would be between, you know, the two leads and the man that's changing the world to get back and the relationships they have there you're like yeah but what if they're the what if a brother and sister liked each other and that's what you wanted to go with and you want to die on that hill that's fine but that's a no um but yeah that and i mean as far as you know i just i just think it's obvious that batman and commissioner gordon um in this one he wasn't even commissioner he was you know batman was holding him down until he became commissioner you know what i mean like they were there so you can see that chemistry building but every scene they were in they had dialogue even in a movie as serious as this they were able to kind of go back and forth and quip and have fun and he's with me and punch me and and choke me a little bit like all those things that they said hit me in my face daddy when they were in the when they're in the police precinct um those that's chemistry that's hot you feel that energy that heat coming off the undercarriage while you're watching that movie. You can't, you can't fake that. So I'll start with Deepwater. Um, that performance was very cringy, them together. Like there was nothing about their relationship together that made you think that they had chemistry. The whole time you were like, they need to go to counseling, they need to separate, they don't look good together. And you talked about the performance. Like Ben Affleck was not acting. He was just sad Affleck that entire movie. I didn't see any type of like looking in word to really create a character. And as other people's touched on, his wife was everywhere in them streets. So I did not see the chemistry there. Um, Batman and Commissioner Gordon, they they didn't really have chemistry to me that I, I would classify chemistry as. There was, sure, the one team where they worked together to go against um, Penguin, that was cute. It was, I'll give you that, it was cute. But throughout the rest of the movie, the Batman wasn't trying to keep Gordon looped in. He was going to the club. He wasn't going back and letting Gordon know what he knew. That wasn't teamwork. They weren't making the dream work, okay? Um, and then on top of that, he punched my man in the face. 
and and he like he he socked him knocked him out like that's not that's not what I see for chemistry and then moving on to BJ's point as as Margaret said like I don't think you understand chemistry um you go in a lab you need to mix something you're just going to be over here working with one element you just got mm. oxygen you need to you need to put some hydrogen in there to get some HCO some carbon to get some carbon monoxide carbon dioxide something you're not the rock is a single character you need to be playing off of something that have chemistry and speaking going along that like the wildest chemistry that you got is those unstable elements that like what we have in butterfly effect it is chaotic because it's yeah it i i agree like it's it's way out there but because of that that's why it's the best you don't see that anywhere else it captures so many nuances of a relationship and is it good no am i glorifying it absolutely not but is it something that you remember and it stuck sticks with you whether you wanted it to or not yeah yeah it did hmm. so remember that you guys chemistry doesn't have to, it's not always gonna be what you want in your relationships sometimes chemistry can get kind of chaotic maybe it can get kind of wild but that's science <laughs> so i'm actually going to kind of echo um mia's argument like we have this word chemistry um so what does it really mean you know <clears throat> modern day chemistry the science is um an outgrowth of the more uh ancient medieval practice of alchemy right and it's it's about transformation it's about combining things it's about um, understanding the properties of things, mixing them together to get something new. That new thing doesn't necessarily have to be positive, right? It doesn't have to be like, you know, you can change lead into gold, but you can make a whole, you can also make acid, which is destructive. Um, so yeah, I was going to make the same argument is that when you mix water with water, what do you get? Just more water. That's why the rock cannot have chemistry on his own. You need some sort of uh, <clears throat> something to uh, to mix with, to, uh, to 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 counteract with. Um, the Rock, I agree, he's he's a great force, right? But if you just uh, multiply him, that's all you're doing. You're not uh, you're not creating something new. You're not transforming anything. <clears throat> as far as um, batman and commissioner gordon um i think you kind of defeated yourself um when you started coming up with um all of these uh extra scenarios that weren't in the film bdsm as you know just those extra little things to try to bolster your argument those things weren't there right they those those characters did not have chemistry <laughs> if they if they had chemistry it was very minimal and if anything it was boring so i'm sorry i just don't see it as far as butterfly effect um i actually haven't seen that movie in a long time i missed that uh that recording this season but based on your description um you said we haven't seen anything like it but sounds a lot like game of thrones sounds a lot like the lannisters right so um and that book came out before the movie so 
uh, not original. And um, honestly, I don't want to be thinking about that. Ben Affleck, Anna de Armas, like I said, it doesn't have to be positive. What they created was acid. But the combination of their energies in that film produced something that none of the other films produced. And it was just this tension, this, this awkwardness, this, this, this energy that, like I said, it was a great movie that I hated because of how it made me feel. And the reason why I was able to feel something emotional is because of the chemistry that was being created by the film. That's great. Look at you, film reviewers. Um, all right, let's hop into the next category. All right, so Mia, you'll kick this one off. Uh, this category is better with Ryan Reynolds. This actually was sent in to us by a listener, and he was also a guest on the show, Chris Vasquez. So he said, what movie would have been better if you added Ryan Reynolds? Well, interesting that you decide to use that for your answer for Adam Project, Marcus. But anyway, um, the film that I thought would be better with adding Ryan Reynolds would be G.I. Joe Retaliation. It just it just makes sense because The Rock has already had chemistry. If we're you know using that mm-hmm. word we've been saying, he's had chemistry with The Rock in Red Notice, in Hobbs and Shaw. And so we know it'd be an easy plug and play to put him into that movie to actually give The Rock something to bounce off of instead of just a brick wall, you know, instead of just himself having someone else in there for some intentional comic relief. Um, easily could replace Flint, the guy who did nothing but parkour. We don't need him. Just put Ryan Reynolds in that spot. Um, we could have a really funny scene where instead of all the times where they made Lady J have to do these misogynistic missions like dancing with the president. We could have one where Ryan Reynolds goes to the ball and ends up getting um, interrogated by the Cobra and does his little, what he's known for, the fast talking, distracting them while um, someone else from the GI Joe is able to get the information and the confirmation that the president was in fact an imposter. So that's just one scene that'd be better with Ryan Reynolds in it. I could do the entire movie, but I don't have time. But just think about the draw of Ryan Reynolds. Like he makes hits, he would easily fix this movie, improve upon it. All right, BJ. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, putting a character in a movie doesn't fix the movie if he's just in all the same scenes. When you add a character like the um, Ravatos, that Ryan Reynolds brings to a film, the film itself changes with the film, right? Because it's about it's about the nuances of the of the performance um, and what the actor brings. So that's why when you look at films like Moonshot, and you have a Ryan Reynolds step into um, the lead role of Moonshot, immediately the film has to change to fit his performance. No longer can you have flavor of the week Asian actress you need a Kristen Kruick to step in, okay? And now we're toying with um, a new breed of, a new class, if you will, of actors. Um, You have Tom Welling step in to be um, um, Kristen Kruick's 
uh, uh, failed love interest. Um, and then very easily, um, this becomes one of the highest rated CW shows of all time, Smallville featuring Ryan Reynolds. And that would be a better moonshot. All right, Yanni, you're up. It's a tough question because does putting Ryan Reynolds in a movie make it better? But my pick for this was um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This movie benefits from having Ryan Reynolds because in this movie, he would be obviously be Deadpool. I think the place where he would probably fit the best is in the Wanda versus the Illuminati scene. So, first of all, maybe he could be on the Illuminati. That would be interesting. But as, as she's uh, tearing them apart, we're seeing how powerful she is. This could also be an opportunity for us to see how incredibly difficult it is for Deadpool to die. And so for the time it takes for her to figure out how to get rid of this guy, you, you got all your your Ryan Reynolds uh, tropes and his charm and wit and all that stuff that he brings to the Deadpool character um, before he's uh, most likely very brutally removed from the film. I think that would be the, uh, the best way to include this, this guy in, in one of the movies that we've seen. Yeah, so my pick for the movie that would be pretty good actually probably great uh if you added ryan reynolds to it would be chippendale rescue rangers this movie to me was on point with the comedy there was absurd comedy you had some little witty parts some quick parts that when you go back you look at and it's hilarious uh but adding ryan reynolds to this gives this a human element that was missing completely from this movie. Now, this is not to say that the cop, the actress that played the cop didn't do a good job, but she was kind of background dressing for the movie, right? There was nobody to bounce anything off of. So you're basically watching an animated film with just one human that just happened to be there for the jokes. Now, what if you had somebody that was in the movie that could also produce jokes with these chipmunks? That's what Ryan Reynolds does. He's, he, he already has that cop thing under his belt. He could play that character. He could play Ryan Reynolds. You could go full metal with it. Now you have the actor that plays Ryan Reynolds being Ryan Reynolds, who's also a cop. That's the actor. That fits in line with this entire movie. But I think the, the bottom line is they needed somebody that helped humanize the movie the same way you had Roger Rabbit with the detective that was a solid actor that was putting in that work, that's what Ryan Reynolds does to this movie is gives you a little bit extra. The movie's there, Ryan Reynolds takes it to the next level. Who's up? So, All right, Mia, go ahead. So I'll start with BJ, um, with Moonshot. <laughs> I, I feel like you didn't understand the assignment. It was just that. <laughs> It was just adding Ryan Reynolds, not recasting everyone in the movie, which I appreciate that you did do people who were 
of age because that probably would have been a little inappropriate for Ryan Reynolds and um, Lana Condor to have anything. But yeah, you don't get points for just going completely off of the assignment and throwing anyone you want. Because I could do that too. I could recast the entire movie, but that wasn't what the category in. It just said to add Ryan Reynolds to a film. So, um, and then going to Yannick with adding him to Doctor Strange. Yeah, haha, jokes. We all want to see him get killed, blah, 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 blah. But does it really make sense to have him in the Illuminati? Like, they've really talked up the fact that the Illuminati is a team of the smartest, bravest, fiercest defenders that Marvel has. And to throw Deadpool in them is kind of an injustice to the people on that panel. So I don't think that it would fit. One of these things is not like the other if you have them in there. Um, and as for Chippendale, adding Ryan, Ren Ryan Reynolds as the human aspect, he's barely a human in the way that he plays some of his characters. Wow. And I feel like his, his jokes and constant riffing would overshadow the chipmunks. You alluded to Roger Rabbit and Eddie played it straight and allowed Roger Rabbit to be the comical character. We can't have Dale being funny and Ryan Reynolds on top of that. It's just, it's, it's too much. It's, it gets annoying at that point. Um, and then I'd like to just go back and again, point out the natural fit to plug Ryan Reynolds into a movie with The Rock. It is so seamless that you won't even realize that it happened and the movie is better. You don't know why, you can't explain it. I'm not gonna get into it, but you just know that it's better because Ryan Reynolds and The Rock, them two in a movie broke, broke records on Netflix for most streams. You're telling me that combination wouldn't have done something for G.I. Joe? Psh, get out of here. BJ, you're up. Uh, Mia definitely misunderstands the difference between um, financial success in the theater versus on Netflix. Um, Ryan Reynolds and The Rock in, 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 in the theater, no, no one wants it. That's why it hasn't happened. Ryan Reynolds can't even hold a superhero movie by himself in the box office um, unless it's rated R and he says poopy jokes, which takes me to Yannick um dr strange is a masterpiece um having poopy jokes and the disrespect and in, in front of um um sir professor x uh that's just no one wants it that's why it didn't happen there were drafts of it um and the filmmakers actually almost got fired um by uh professor x he almost fired them but then kevin feige said no we will give them um, grace yet, sir. Um, yeah, Marcus, um, Chippendale with Ryan Reynolds. I mean, come on. Come on, man. We're out here. I thought we were out here advocating for Black women. I thought we. I thought we had a mission. Um, hell, you have a daughter. 
okay? And I, I thought we were fighting for her future. Mia, I'm sorry, and I apologize. I don't, there's nothing else I need to say, okay? And that, that is, that's exactly the point with Moonshot. And I don't know what your homes are like. I don't know if you guys like to use salt and pepper, but where I come from, I used seasoned salt, okay? Lowry's seasoned salt. And why do you use Lowry's seasoned salt? Because it ain't just salt, baby, okay? Because you can't just put salt in something and fix it. You got to add a few more things like Kristen Kruick, Tom Welling, the guy who played Lex Luthor. <laughs> you got to make it hour-long episodes, 24 episodes a season, 10 seasons long, and you end with Superman. That is what Ryan Reynolds brings to cinema and to Moonshot. Okay. As far as having Ryan Reynolds in G.I. Joe, um, I'm actually going to use the, uh, the same argument that was used against me earlier and that it's just kind of, it's just kind of safe. Like, again, we've, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a role similar to other roles he's played. Um, We've seen him with the rock already. Do I want more of that? Not really. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, he's just uh, just doing his thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just if you're going to have Ryan Reynolds somewhere, um, I guess it needs to be something that's actually interesting. As far as uh, Moonshot, um. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that uh, what you're saying, like, doesn't make any sense. Like, that's really all it is. Like, it's hard to pick apart because it's like, doesn't make any logical, like, sense. So um, I, I kind of, you know, if, if he was in that movie, um, would he be the lead? Um, yeah, it's just like a different movie. It's just kind of hard to, it's just kind of hard to judge against. Um, Ryan Reynolds in... Uh, Chip and Dale, I think you're almost there. Um, he need he needed to not be human though. If he's gonna be anything, he's gotta be a character voice. Um, so just because you were so close and missed it, then it doesn't work for me. Um, Deadpool in the Illuminati. What what was an injustice to the to that group of characters was what uh, the Scarlet Witch did to them. Um, they've talked them up and then she just picked them apart. So it's almost like they were just like there to be destroyed. So if you're just going to like trash them anyways, let's have a little fun. Let's get some, some of that Deadpool stuff going on and, uh, yeah. Introduce more, more X-Men mutant characters, uh, into, into the franchise, into the multiverse, right? That's why we're there. Let's see more multiverse characters. So, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's obviously the best choice um, just from a creative, artistic, logical, and all of the above perspective. Interesting. Um, so I'll make this quick. I'll, I'll do Mia and Yannick at the same time. Um, we've seen those movies before. Um, Ryan Reynolds and G.I. Joe is Red Notice. Trash. Um, we've seen Deadpool. Um, him being added into 
Doctor Strange for five minutes tops doesn't make it a better movie. The Illuminati showed up, disappeared, and the movie could have cut that scene and we wouldn't, same movie. Nothing would have changed. Um, I think it's interesting that we've all sat around in a circle and let this uh, this dude talk about Smallville for <laughs> way too long. Um, <laughs> and we just let him go without, uh, I don't even know where Ryan Reynolds fits in this movie. Is he Pa Kent at this point? Why is it 10 episodes? What's a 10 episode movie, sir? Explain yourself. I don't know. So I think <laughs> I think the fact that he he had the audacity to come out and say some things <laughs> like that just <laughs> just speaks to his character. Um, so as far as Ryan Reynolds in Chippendale, I think it's interesting that Mia was like, yo, Chippendale was funny. Why add more comedy? <laughs> That's silly. Why make a movie funnier? That's crazy. Who who would have thought adding a comedian to a funny movie would make it worse? I think something that all of you, have, we've gotten into this rut of hating on Ryan Reynolds because they put him in action movies, right? And you're there for the action and then you got this guy making jokes. Where he fits naturally would be put a funny guy in a funny movie. Funny plus funny makes, I assume it would make more funny, but you guys are like, no, no, it'd make it worse. Ryan Reynolds quipping with animated chipmunks, right? Um, cheese fiends. Like, these are jokes. This writes itself. This is funny. Um, once again, I think having an act and once having an actor that can kind of quit back and forth with them makes it a pretty fun movie. Um, there's a lot of time where you're just listening to John Mulaney and Andy Samberg talk, and they're just doing the same thing Ryan Reynolds does, and you guys weren't hating on them. So you just add them into it. It's the same trio of them just making jokes. I think Ryan Reynolds fits there perfectly. Um, once again, Adding him to G.I. Joe, he might as well be DJ Caruso um, or Flint, if you want to use his government name. He might as well be that character because uh, there's no reason for him to be in that movie with The Rock. I think The Rock and Ryan Reynolds is not a great combination. You might as well throw Kevin Hart in the movie. Mia, is that where you want to go? Because I think that makes it a better movie. Ryan Reynolds, not so much. But, you know, I digress. I think you know, adding a comedian, a funny person to a funny movie just makes it a better movie. <laughs> um, all right, let's hop into, all right, we'll do the next category. All right, next category. Which movie has franchise potential? All right, so... I'll start off with this one. So I picked this movie because I thought it had characters that didn't get the opportunity to shine. Um, and by characters, I mean Robot Gary and Captain Tartar from Moonshot. I think this movie spins off perfectly into an intergalactic adventure with a sassy black captain and a sassy, I guess, just robot. Um, and I, the, sorry to all you robot listeners, I meant nothing by just, just robot. Uh, but these two were probably the funniest characters in the movie. They had just interesting, uh, they, they basically made the leads work. So putting them together makes it into this really cool space odyssey where you're going out, doing different things, going to different planets. You could bring back the two from the first movie. That's fine. I would let them, you know, get a face hugger halfway through the, first, the film and then turn into something different. But Robot Gary and Captain Tartar taking Moonshot to a whole nother level, the next generation. And I think that's already taken, but that's a perfect film. That's where the franchise goes. 
All right, Yannick. Well, the obvious choice is the Batman, um, mainly because I, they probably already have plans to make it into a franchise. But the Batman, he's a character that has seen so many iterations. And I feel like what we have now, we're zeroing in on something that is grounded, that is realistic, that has very interesting and well-casted characters. Um, a franchise would give us opportunity to potentially see Catwoman again. We could, we're gonna have the chance to see more of the Batman villains and see how they handled it. The way they handled Riddler was, I think, brilliant. So if they do that same kind of thing with the other villains, um, I think we're gonna have a bright future ahead of us. Um, <clears throat> we also have the characters that were, you know, not characters that weren't in the film, you know, we have to look forward to, but the characters that were, you know, Penguin um, and Jim Gordon, you know, is, is Batgirl gonna be little black girl or maybe mixed, you know? I'm interested in seeing all that. So uh, yeah, Batman's the obvious choice. Right, Mia. So my pick for this one is a movie that we, I believe we all wanted to see more of the story told. And an easy way to do that would be some type of prequel franchise. And that is of course, Mother Android. So you can, you can, you can approach this several different ways. You could do the prequel leading up to it, or you could actually follow the stories of other survivors and see how they have been facing the challenge of a robot apocalypse. So um, someone else from the party, you know, they can have it open with the same exact scene the party, but we are now following the jock kid who was really mean to his uh, robot. Um, we could follow um, that racist robot at the beginning. Um, we could follow her parents. Like we, there's so many stories we don't have answers to. And so while it's not a direct sequel because the main characters from the other movies may not be in it, it's definitely a great spinoff, Brother Android, Mother Android Resurgence, um, all of that. Okay, um, feeble attempts. There's one clear answer. What is the longest running, highest rated television show, the most spinoffs? CSI, Crime Scene Investigation. The only thing that improves such a format, chipmunks, cartoons. That's it. The answer was right there and you all missed it. You missed it. What Disney Plus needs more than Marvel spinoff shows and bad CGI, She-Hulk and other shows and cartoons like Will Smith traveling the world. We need to see white males play cartoon chipmunks and solve crimes, um, dull out therapy um, because cartoons with marital issues is hilarious as was shown in the film. It was shown in the film 
those cartoons, some of those cartoon characters had marital issues. Um, I'm excited to see more of um, the different uh, drugs and trafficking uh, creative opportunities. Um, how creative can we get with trafficking? Hmm? Have you ever sought and thought to ask yourself that question? How creative can we get with addiction? Chippendale gives us the opportunity to explore trafficking and addiction in ways that, I mean, honestly, only children really should enjoy. So Chippendale for franchise, I think is the obvious choice. I mean, not to mention it already had a, a show wildly successful. Obviously it was just missing the trafficking and the addiction and marital issues. I think they were missing out on marital issues in the show. Um, so um, yeah, those, those are the obvious answers is Chippendale in a CSI and CIS style show. Mm -hmm. So I'll start with brother Android or mother-in-law Android or cousin Android. All of these sound terrible. You know why? Because they showed us the prequel. Robots attacked and we move on. What more do you need? Do you need to see how she got pregnant? Do you need to see uh, the life of a robot butler? Like there's nothing else that you go back for in this movie. The movie was contained and it was kind of done, right? They threw their baby. They said Kobe and shot the baby to the ship and it was done, right? And there was no more movie. Like the movie doesn't go any further. The movie doesn't start before this. Like, it's just a really bad prequel attempt where you're like, hey, how can we make a story that's complete and didn't, wasn't really that good? Let's go back and tell it some more. I seem to recall a prequel story, an origin story that we watched this season about a mustache. And that's what Mother Android's prequel sounds like to me. It's like, hey, you ever wonder where this uh, robot got a mustache? No, we didn't. But we're going to make a movie about that. Come on now, miss me with that. So then we have the Batman. I think this is an interesting choice. Um, and by interesting, I mean an uninteresting choice because yeah, we've seen Batman franchises. So to be like, hey, does this one have the most potential? It's already greenlit. There's really no potential there anymore, right? We've already, we know Batman's gonna have a franchise regardless. And you know what he's gonna do? He's gonna fight the same villains he fought before, right? He's gonna fight the Joker again. Wow, we're gonna make it as gritty as possible. Didn't we do that before with the Dark Knight? We made it grittier and they're like, let's, let's keep making it gritty because this is what franchises are about, right? Is how dark we can make it. I don't, think that, I, don't, I don't think that goes anywhere. We're just gonna reboot it in a couple of years and see how darker we can get then, right? Then Chippendale, I think, um, I think the movie that you're looking for is called Cool World um, where it's just a bunch of cartoons doing disgusting things and you think it's gonna be funny. But then you're like, this is actually depressing and sad, and I don't want to see my cartoons doing this for more than an hour 30, which is probably why Chippendale was about an hour 30 minutes. You had to make, you couldn't make that runtime any longer. You start making those connections to trafficking and addiction. You're like, this isn't a fun time. They're trying to make it seem like a fun time, but then you see child stars that have grown up and thrown their life away, and you're just like, nah, this isn't it. This isn't fun. Um, so I think with these movies, you got the boring, the uninspired, and the, the just depressing concepts. And then 
with Moonshot, you're like, hey, what if we take two of the standout characters in this movie and you keep going with them? Captain Tartar and her ship, and now she has the robot. And the robot is hilarious. He's just cracking wise. He's making everybody feel terrible because they're humans and they're beneath them. I mean, Mia, if you wanted to add the robot to your movie, I'd watch it, right? Like, then there'd be something interesting to look at. Like, oh, here's Gary, Gary Android. That's a fun movie. As is, I think, a lot of uninspired takes here on potential. I think you want to go out and do something different. You want to take your franchise further. You take the standout characters and you move them forward. Moonshot. The characters uh, in, that, in this film were uh, very caricatured. Um, and so the main characters were very caricatured. So these side characters, even more so, they only came on screen to to say to say that that one-liner or to give that facial expression that's just like a caricature but funny um well-timed well-placed but those two characters don't they don't really have much depth at least not that we've seen and it's hard to it's hard to imagine what a franchise would be like because you know it's it's difficult to see you know where where are we going to go you know yes there could be some adventures um but do I want that energy for the entire time? Personally, I don't. Um, I don't want to see any anything in Moonshot more. As far as um, <clears throat> Chippendale, um, Chippendale CSI, I feel like on paper, there's definitely some uh, potential there. Um, but again, I kind of want to echo what Marcus said. Uh, I don't know if I want to see all that. Um, there was a lot of a lot of heavy stuff. Um, just the nature of it being animated, it's going to draw the attention of children. And do we want ongoing uh, conversation about um, what is it? Addiction, trafficking. These are the things that you brought up. This is what we're going to be showing our kids. Um, I'll pass on that. Um, if it gets made, you know, I might see it, but um, I won't be showing my children. Mother Android. I think a prequel would be interesting because you can show, uh, I think we talked about this during the episode, you can show some of the immediate aftermath of the robot apocalypse. Um, but I think, I think only the prequel, I don't think you can really go anywhere else. I don't think you can do like the spin, you know, the spinoffs. Sure. You can do all that stuff, but then, you know, if, if, if all we're doing is just taking the base concept, is it, is it really a franchise? Um, you know, if you're just going to ignore the other characters because they didn't work, you know, uh, then yeah, it doesn't really become a franchise. Um, showing how it started and maybe how we got to them in the woods. But beyond that, I don't really see uh, potential. Um, I think the Batman is the obvious choice for the fact that it's already greenlit. I think uh, Hollywood knows the potential is there. And I think I'm excited just as any other Batman fan is to see how the, this new version of the characters 
uh, translates into uh, multiple films. So, uh, you know, it's just basic business artistic sense. So with Moonshot, you mentioned that Gary and Captain Tartar had standout performances, but they're standing out from what? The base performances of that movie was so mediocre that anything above that, it's it's barely recognized, it's it's barely an accomplishment, you know? It's like everybody in the class failed. You got the highest failing grade. You don't get an award for that. Like, yeah, they're they're the ones that stand out in that film because they're the best. But overall, nobody was really bringing anything to the table. And so if you just take them to and make a movie, it's it's still failing. It's still mediocre. Nobody wants to follow that. Um, as for the Batman, once again, Yannick didn't do his own homework. Nothing original. Like Marcus said, we know that that's going to be franchise because all the other previous Batmans get another movie. Like, where was the creativity in your pitch at all, Yannick? Like, you let the director and the producers do the homework for you. Like, we know it's happening. Um, Chippendale. So to relate this to a movie that we talked about previously on this, this season, The Butterfly Effect, you decided to go to the darkest timeline for the Chippendale movie. Like you took the dirt, the fun thing and decided to have a director's cut where we deep dive into trafficking and drug addiction and marital issues. Like, where's the fun? You know, Chippendale established a fun way of, of having these characters solve crimes and the mystery of um, with Sweet Pete. You wanna go even further into the dark timeline, into that hole and traumatize the youth of tomorrow? I can't, I can't rock with that. I cannot, no sir. And as for Mother Android, I think you guys are focusing too much on this movie, the current Mother Android to open your eyes to the possibility. Like there have been prequels that didn't have anything to do with the sequel that's way better. Um, you know, you have all of another robot film. They're not necessarily prequel, they're sequels, but none of the characters tie over loosely were some of the Terminator films. Some of those didn't fully connect. Were they successful? By someone's standards, they were. <laughs> so I just think that there is opportunity to show through the perspective of other people. Sure, throw out, throw out Brother Android. That may not be the best title. It's, it's workshop, okay? It doesn't matter what the title is, but just think about what can be explored in the chaos that got us to the point of where Mother Android started. I appreciate my colleagues um, making this easier by disqualifying themselves. Oh, it's still an idea work in progress for workshop or, oh, the show's already been done before. So I do appreciate that making this easier for me. Also, I do have to point out the hypocrisies. Um, 
I literally just pitched the perfect moonshot uh, um, concept that has legs. Um, and I seamlessly tied it to a DC character. Um, and uh, it had mothers in it. So the fact that you would come down so hard on me on previous concepts, when I'm here, I'm working, okay? I'm working, right? Which is the crime that Mia likes to point out. Um, Mia, have you heard of a show called Humans, okay? It's about androids before a robot apocalypse, okay? Watch some cinema every once in a while. It's been done. Do the work. If you've ever watched CSI and CIS, you know that they make trafficking and addiction fun, scientific, educational. There's so much that all can be learned. They have episodes where there's a hotline at the end of the episodes to help those in need. There are so many stinky peats out there that need help. Lost man children that just don't know that there's a phone call away, they can get help. And you know who's better to help them than white men? White men playing chipmunks. Every night, primetime, CBS, 7 p.m. Pacific time. The, 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 the reruns, the spinoffs, it's obvious, it's obvious. And um, yeah, I, I am just, I'm just disappointed at the showboating here on the show. And I apologize to our, to our fans. <laughs> you said it. They make it look fun. <laughs> I lost it. Um, all right, let's hit this last one. Uh, last category. This one is genre swap. So you can pick any movie uh, that we reviewed in season three and change it from the current genre into something different to make a better movie, maybe. So let's start with this one. Genre, genre swap. Genre swap. Uh, let's start with BJ. Sorry again, colleagues, um, because I picked the perfect answer. The obvious uh, film that it was, it was there. It was there. It just needed a little shift in the genre. You're all thinking it. Adam Project. Adam Project, unfortunately, they tried to focus on the comedic quips and the action ability of Ryan Reynolds and, and the other cast that uh, also frequent those type of big picture Marvel films. But they should have went smaller. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with um, the early 2000s classic, Anime. Amnid V Bill Horror, where Ryan Reynolds was able to play perfectly in a horror film. One of my favorites. I've seen Wait, which one? Times. Which film? The Amnid V Bill Horror. And in such a film, I realized Ryan Reynolds' true calling. The Adam Project should have been a teen slasher film. Picture with me. Instead of him coming back in time, to talk to some stupid half-rate version of himself trying to quip and make jokes, you have a young man that's being hunted. Teen slasher style. They're in a cabin. He's starting to experiment with sex and cigarettes 
as these teen slashers do. And some of his friends start to get killed. So now he's running for his life, young Adam. He's running, trying to survive. Who intercepts him? But it's the future version of himself. He's like, look, kid, I got to save you from the slasher monster guy. Because if you die, I die. Very obvious. Long in the story as they keep going, surviving the monster, they connect with the only other person that would care as much about his future, his wife. She eventually says, yo, I got the answer. They figured out if they can't kill you, they got to go back further. She sacrifices himself, herself, so that the two Adams can go even further back and save the father before Adam was incepted. So you have this great trans-dimensional, trans-time film, slasher film, where these Adam characters are constantly fighting for their lives in a slasher style, which of course the film has to end with the adult Adam sacrificing himself for the young Adam to be able to live life and do things differently. So my pick for the genre swap was for Turning Red. Um, and so Turning Red was kind of family-friendly comedy, if you will. And I thought that this movie would work better as a coming-of-age horror movie. Um, so the plot plays out pretty similar. Um, she, she still turns into a panda. This version of the panda's more aggressive. It's a panda, if you will. <laughs> um, so she transforms. She starts, you know, wrecking havoc, killing people, typical horror movie style. Her friends find out about it, but this is where the heart of the movie comes in is that her friends try to help her through it, right? Like it's this coming of age thing where they're like, similar to the movie, they want to protect her and make sure she's good. So then it turns into this weird, they start feeding people to her, right? Because they want to make sure that she doesn't go out and go crazy. So it becomes this, how far do the bonds of friendship go? You know, how far is too far to protect the one you love? Also, you know, are you comfortable with yourself when things start changing and whatever? But it just, I think it works great as this body horror, um, just a werewolf tale of like, hey, what happens? Bam, were pandas attacking people all throughout the city in Canada. Fantastic. Yannick. I think the best genre swap would be to take Moonshot and turn it into a thriller. So rather than this kind of like quirky, meet cute kind of nonsense that we got, <clears throat> we could have uh, a normal girl who's really just trying her best to go see her boyfriend. And then you have Cole Sprouse. He, he catches a glimpse of her. And then he just becomes obsessed. And uh, he, he does whatever he can to follow her. He does his little uh, uh, infiltration onto the ship. And she can't get away from him. He's sneaking around. She keeps seeing him, but she doesn't know if he's there. I mean, she, she can't stay for sure. She keeps, she feels something over her shoulder. The entire time is just... Cole Sprouse. Um, and yeah, at least that way, at least 
we get something that um has some energy to it you know it has some some uh some darkness um i think i think we're all kind of heading in that direction with our with our picks but i i think this this works the best because it was it was halfway there they, i think they got the genre wrong So while you all decided to go horror, thriller, darker direction, um, I'm gonna add some levity into the film. Um, so my pick is Death on the Nile, which was a very serious, straight, whodunit murder mystery. And we are gonna turn this into a musical because where else do you have an ensemble of 12 plus characters and a story that takes place mainly in one location? Like it was just on a boat. So that's your scene right there for the play. Um, and you know what's gonna make this even better? is because obviously I had to call in the big gun to direct this. None other than my boy Lin-Manuel Miranda is gonna be in on this film. And so he don't miss, first off. And then he would have the catchiest songs. He'd be able to fit in actual background stories in the in a quick, catchy rap. And so these characters actually have some sort of body to them, some depth, some character art that is all given through song. So you're not falling asleep during the film. You are engaged in this music. I mean, you have you heard of Alexander Hamilton? We have... Hercule Perrault, all right? Mustache, mustache. He must dash off to solve a crime. Oh, bars. Bars. <laughs> oh, man. I, <laughs> I mess with that. All right, BJ, you're up. <laughs> I, um... I'm appalled and um, I'm a little concerned, um, actually. Um, Turning Red was supposed to help young girls cope with what's going on with their body. Um, I don't know how you treat your wife and your daughter at home. Um, I hope that you don't tell them that Turning Red is scary, that it's a body horror, okay? Yannick, if you, if you treat women the way that you see your hero, Cole Sprouse, <laughs> I'm praying now for Maria and anyone else that's ever been in your life. You keep her name out <laughs> your fucking mouth. Um, and Mia... Again, I, I apologize for putting up with this this monster of a brother for as long as you have. I'm praying for you um, and your your family. Um, I I hope that um, when the time comes, he's nowhere near your niece or his niece, your daughter. Um, but also, uh, Death and Nile musical. It's called Prince of Egypt. Okay, we've already done it. Been there, done that. Heard it. You're not going to improve a national classic that actually uplifts the people of Israel.
you know Israel and Egypt aren't the same. <laughs> the reality is, is that when I explore film, story, genre, and I think about something like a teen slasher, I mean, I don't know if you're aware, but teen slashers are, are, are tools used for education, edification. Um, it trains people to, to think twice about their choices, their friends groups. Um, it encourages the concepts of, of chaperones and um, building in a, a redemption story for this young man, Adam, uh, where he has an opportunity to, to sacrifice himself for his younger self to make better choices, not just for himself, but the women in his lives and for the people of Israel. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I'll start with uh, with Death on the Nile. Um, I actually kind of like that pitch. I'm not going to lie. I think that's actually pretty funny. Just going from the fact that I know Death on the Nile was one of those, um, it was almost a genre-less movie where we're like, is it funny? Is it action-packed? No, definitely we didn't ask that question. Is it funny? Or, and I think, that could work. However, you got Ar Army Hammer in it, right? You don't want Army Hammer singing around, creeping up the whole musical. A little weird. We saw the beginning of the movie where they did that musical number and it turned into a little bit of face sitting. You want a musical like that? That's a different mustache, am I right? You don't want to talk about that one. So I say we, we scratch the whole musical situation. You just pick one genre that makes sense. Let's do a, a funny comedy mystery like Clue, or we go serious, we do a Knives Out, we start bringing musicals into this, where are we going? We were already, mu we were already muddy before, now we got a, a rapping man with a mustache, with a French accent, it's a bit much, and I mean, he's no Alexander Hamilton, right? Like, let's not get carried away here. Can you name other people in this movie? What, what were we doing? Nobody else is singing, carrying a tune, um, except maybe the guy with the, with the gun. He was he was interesting. He'd probably rap as well. He has bars. Um, then we go to to Moonshot with the thriller. Um, it's just one of those things that I think has been done before. A guy chasing the girl, stalking a girl. Typical. It's just a movie. Now you're like, oh, let's do it in space, which is never a good thing. Right. This was a romantic comedy in space. Trash. Horror movies. Jason X Leprechaun in space. Trash. Now you're like, hey, what if we had a stalker in space? I think the pattern is going to lead us to trash every time. Like, as soon as you go, how about this movie in space? Then you're like, no. And then if you say, well, it won't be in space, why make it? Just go watch you on Netflix, right? We, we got stalker stuff. We're good to go. Um, then we could talk a little bit. You know, I got time. We could talk about The Atom Project uh, being a smaller movie where it turns into a slasher. I think the movie that you were looking for was there. And then you were like, oh, actually, let's just turn this into a Friday the 13th with time travel for some reason. Why not just make a smaller time travel movie, BJ? Why go crazy, right? Instead of it being an action movie, just make this a, a drama about a man trying to figure out his childhood and work with that trauma and figure out, you know, how to become the man he is now, right? Make it this small movie that is a character study where you go back in time to see, and that's what Adam Project was trying to do, but they wanted to be funny and it didn't work, right? But you're like, hey, instead of that, let's kill some kids. 
maybe we pump the brakes on that one, right? We were there. How about we learn about, you know, all these life experience by murdering children? That'll get the people in the seats. Not so much. You know, and with slasher movies, it's usually teenagers. This kid was like 11. Are you are you really in? I mean, you did pitch Chippendale with murder, right? So this one, this is on brand. So I get it. Not the movie I want to see. Um, and then as far as turning red, I know you wanted to twist it, make this personal. It's not a, you know, I love my wife. I love her dearly, you know. Um, this movie to me is, it's kind of a, a way to deal with those moments in your life and conceptualize them, right? We look at movies like The Babadook. Yes, it's about a monster, but it's actually about how you deal with grief, right? Then you look at movies like Hereditary. You're like, oh, it's these witches and this, but it's actually family and the curses that come along with that, right? And so there's layers to it. So it's not necessarily a wear panda for the sake of like, oh, this time of your life is scary. It's to teach lessons about how do you deal with that? How do you surround yourself with the, the friend group that'll you know feed people to you so that you don't have to go out and murder? You just get friends that do that. And there's a movie that this reminds me of. There's a movie called Ginger Snaps that you all should watch. It's a werewolf movie coming of age. And it makes sense. This fits into that genre where you learn, you grow up, and then you learn to overcome those things. So it's a horror movie, but very uplifting way less child murder than the Adam Project horror movie, right? And I'll just leave it at that. It's me now? Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, as far as I'm turning red, <clears throat> how dare you um, do that to uh, Pixar characters? <laughs> um, so let's say, let's say it is a... a flesh-eating wear red panda right mm -hmm. if the friends are going out and um just feed finding people to feed to her <clears throat> aren't they also monsters like what's what's the lesson until it be learned right you know like it's just more death so um yeah maybe if you had fleshed that out a little more but as is it's just um yeah just like how dare you um <clears throat> As far as uh, Death on the Nile, um, I feel like I got a little heat earlier for um, what I guess uh, not doing the work. You know, you're kind of having Lin Manuel just kind of do all the work for you, because if it's if if the songs aren't bangers, then who wants to watch musical? <laughs> um, very few people uh and just unrelated as an aside um egypt is in africa uh i don't, I don't know if just so we're all on the same page here um like israel is is um that's in the middle east uh, as far as <laughs> the atom project <laughs> time travel slasher you know it's kind of like a cross between uh, that slasher film and like Terminator. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess I'm just um, a little bit bored, um, a little bit tired. Uh, yeah, I guess. I guess if you had said something that was like kind of exciting. That <laughs> It'd be easier to judge, but yeah, I'm just 
I don't really want to talk about this, so I'm done. Um, so I'm going to start off with some apologies. So I want to apologize to the esteemed citizens of Egypt because it seems like BJ just want to reduce your culture to a bunch of stereotypes. Um, sarcophagus, mummies, <laughs> Prince of Egypt. Like that doesn't get to the root of what the Egyptian people are known for. And so I apologize for that. Um, and then I'd like to apologize to the musical community. I know you guys had a tough year coming back from two years not being able to perform. Your art is serious, something that should be taken seriously. And Marcus alluded to the fact that musicals can't be in the same category as funny, like Clue or serious, like Knives Out. And I, I see you and I hear you. There are funny musicals out there. I, I don't think the, the guys on the show are cultured. Like they don't know about Little Shops of Horrors or Book of Mormon or Hairspray. Like those are funny musicals. And then you also have on the other end, the, the ones that deal with serious issues like rent, you know, and talking about the HIV crisis in the 90s. And so there is a spectrum of musicals that, and I feel like they would find the right voice for Death on the Nile. Um, so yeah, I'm a little hurt and offended there, but I'll keep pushing forward. Um, I can't believe anything that BJ says about his pitch when he said that um, Amityville Horror is his favorite film, yet he couldn't pronounce it. I just find... <laughs> oh, he, what he did was he said all 20 pronunciations. Like, I, I thought, can't take anything from you. <laughs> I thought he was doing Porky Pig saying Amity for the Horror. Amity, 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 Amity. Scary movie with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. Um, turning red. <laughs> I, I know who you are, Marcus, so I know you don't hate women, but right in our climate right now with all the talk of Roe v. Wade being overturned and women not being in control of our bodies, that you want to equate it to a monster <laughs> that eats people? Like, do, do women need any more spotlight right now? This negative light? I don't, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> Yannick, um, as for your film, the thriller of Moonshot, um, stalking a poor, innocent woman who just is rich. trying to read. Rich, sorry, a rich. Well, it was poor in the sense of spirit because she had a broken contrite spirit in the film. She didn't have her self-worth yet. Um, stalking her throughout the galaxies like that's just a little much like I think you on Netflix is like the the furthest you can go Cole Sprouse is pushing it to another level like you're literally following this woman to another planet that's too much I can't handle that thank you <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Mia, you came with bags of smoke on that last one. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I also like how like our arguments um, go into personal attack. Really <laughs> Yo, so that was the better movie, maybe season three finale debate show. Uh, once again, we're letting you, the listeners, pick the winner. So make sure you're following us on Instagram. So when those polls come out, you can vote for who you felt won which categories. Um, and also, just a little little nugget, you can slide in the DM and let us know what you want to see for season four. We're also looking for guest spots. If you want to get on, you have a movie that you feel is the greatest or maybe the worst and you want to talk with us about it, let us know. We're looking to fill those up. But we're so thankful for you all listening. Uh, we love all our listeners. We love all the support we get and we appreciate you all. And we hope to see you all back for season four when we return. So until next time, peace.